Explore a Verizon retail career in the San Francisco Bay Area and get a $1,500 sign-on bonus. Join the team that makes in-store experiences special by connecting customers with the perfect product every time. We offer standout benefits, including competitive pay, day one health and insurance benefits, $8,000 a year in college tuition assistance, plus bonus opportunities. Apply at verizon.com slash retail jobs. Again, that's verizon.com slash retail jobs. Verizon, it's better here. Verizon is an equal opportunity employer. Blog Talk Radio. Hey guys, welcome to the Steel Wars call-in show. I am comedian Steel Saunders and I do love Star Wars and we are fresh off the worldwide release of Rogue One, a Star Wars story. And in Australia, of course, we got it uh, because of the international dateline and the uh, weirdness of our release schedule. We got it about 36 hours before America. So I'd already seen it twice by the time. And I have to say, I loved watching this. It was cool to have seen it a couple of times and then watch my friends in America on Instagram and Twitter. Just the excitement like of, of like their photos uh, before going into the cinema and in the cinema waiting for it to start, and then waiting two hours for the giant outburst of joy from everyone, or, or near everyone. But the, the consensus at the moment seems to be extremely positive, which is great, but also it's what you like guys, don't let someone's opinion on the internet detract from your enjoyment of a movie or strawberry ice cream, whatever metaphor you want. If it tastes good to you, great stuff. And speaking of things that are great tasting to me, our co-host for today's call-in <laughs> show, you would know him from the Blue Harvest pod and Rogue One, a podcast for wieners. It's my buddy, Paul's workout. How's it going, buddy? How are you going? Pretty good, man. I'm uh, still reeling from that movie last night a little bit. It was a lot to take in. <laughs> How do you mean by reeling? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it, it was just your typical release date sort of stress trying to coordinate. We had a fairly large group going, and we got there early, and we're trying to save seats, and you know, and then making sure everybody was in the right theater and then trying to take the movie in. And I don't know about you, but like somebody asked me today how I would describe the movie. And and the only word I could come up with was dense. Like there is a lot going on in this movie. I felt like. I'm always shocked that that America doesn't have allocated seating in all its cinemas. I, I get so jealous when I hear or, or see my friends on Twitter and stuff being like, I don't have to wait in line. I've got reserved seating. We don't have that anywhere around me. Yeah, that is so weird. But I, there's nothing wrong with waiting in line. I know um, at, oh, the, no. at, the, at the Steel Wars premiere, what we did was Star Walking Inc., the uh, Australian Star Wars fan club. People were there. Our premiere was at midnight, and there was people there at like 8.30, Hank just, hanging around. Um, there was a bar next door where we did the podcast afterwards. Yeah, the, the lingering beforehand is, is so fun. And I should point out, if you're a new listener, 
This is the call-in show format of the podcast. Uh, normally, we uh, our classic episodes interview-based, but then we also do live shows. And up on the feed, at the top of the feed right now, is our Rogue One 2.30 a.m. live reaction. So it's a, a bunch of uh, Melbourne comedians reacting to the podcast. And it's uh, it wrapped up at about 4.10 in the morning. It is pretty funny. People are getting some really strong feedback for it. And, uh, it, you know, there's some people have a shot at the movie, but that's fine. People can take a joke. I had one guy... Um, messaged me saying he wasn't ready to let people make fun of the film yet. And I guess that's your choice. But jokes are jokes, Hawes. Yeah, I mean, you know, just because you make a few jokes and try to get some laughs about it doesn't mean you didn't like it or think it's a bad movie. Like, uh, look, I love Star Wars more than anything, but you can also have a sense of humor about it. You know what I mean? Like, lighten up a little bit. and there's the, 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 you know, the classic uh, comedy roast saying, which is, we only roast the ones we love. And exactly. man, do I love Star Wars. Man, do I love Star Wars. And I love Princess Leia's increasingly giant head. I, I love oh. it all. I guess they got Funko to, to uh, do the special effects on that <laughs> Princess Leia at the end, huh? <laughs> True that, true that. Um, but the, you know, what a breakthrough that the oh. that, that facial reconstruction business is. I've I've heard from people that are not as engrossed in Star Wars as ourselves that they didn't even realise that um, Tarkin wasn't there, which which is pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say that's a testament. Also, much dimmer lighting on that Death Star set. I think that helps. Uh, mm. you know, the believability of the Tarkin reconstruction more so than maybe the Leia one because it's really bright on that blockade runner as opposed to sort of the dimly lit evil layer that the Death Star is. Mm. The other thing that's harder on Leia compared to Tarkin for me growing up, I never wanted to make out with Grand Moff Tarkin. Well, you know, different strokes for so- different folks, I guess. <laughs> Maybe when I saw the layer one, I was just like, oh, that's a bit different to the super hot girl that I was in love with for uh, many years. But whatever. I, I have to say, um, I, I'm not sure what the reactions were like in your cinema, but at the um, at our one, when Tarkin turned around, 500 fans as one pretty much gasped. They, they Yeah. Yeah, it, it was very similar in mine. I, you could almost hear or feel the air getting sucked out of the room because of everybody gasping when he turned around. Yeah, totally. And then, which I, I love these little cool things, at the end of that scene, the initial Tarkin scene, the audience just gave it a uh, a round of applause, which was really cool. That's cool. Yeah, last year for The Force Awakens, I felt like um, the audience was more vocal and and participatory when the big sh- big stuff happened, like you know Han and Leia and and those the Falcon especially when when we saw the Falcon for the first time again, I think the only time they really uh, whooped it up on this one was the the end scene with Vader and then the end credits got a, a really nice applause. Yeah, I never get to see the end credits on the first night because as soon as they come up, I run 
do the the bar next door and make sure everything's set up for the live podcast. So I uh, I remember last year the Force Awakens when the credits came up. I remember just taking three seconds to uh, in my head curse to myself and go they didn't let him talk, and then I had to freak. <laughs> As, and I remember that's when I got back to the same cinema, when I saw the stairs, I had this flashback of running down the stairs and just saying to myself, he didn't talk. He didn't talk. Like, <laughs> it was just total, total shock. If you want to call in, guys, the number is 646-668-8360. If you're listening live on Blog Talk Radio, you can probably see that number above you. If you are international, you just have to add a plus one to the start of that number and you can Skype in and uh, use Skype's wonderful technology. But um, how about we've got a couple of people on hold. I might go to, actually, no, we'll, get, we'll do the calls first. They've been uh, good enough to call in. So let's go to 405. Who are you and where are you calling from? This is Aaron from Oklahoma City. Oh, hey, buddy, Aaron. what's up? What's going on, guys? We're just talking some wars. What's on your mind, buddy? Well, first of all, let me say that both of the reaction shows, I've listened to them both, and they are great. Pause on your end and steal yours. Uh, George Lucas was fantastic. Oh, yeah, and, we had George uh, Lucas on our show. That was pretty impressive. Yeah, it was great to see what he thought. I was disappointed that he didn't like it. Um <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, um, so where, where to begin? Um, I'm not even, I'm not even sure. I am still uh, processing everything and I am waiting to, uh, get that second viewing in to kind of, cause I'm still in, Did I just saw a new Star Wars movie mode. Sorry, Steel, you can edit that out if you want, pause, edit that out. Uh, <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, I'm just, uh, I, I'm, of course, I'm disappointed with the lack of Mendo. There was a lot of Mendo, but I, I just wanted uh, two hours and 13 minutes of immeasurable power, which was mm. not in the movie, and yeah. the two chase hours in the water, not in the movie. Yeah, there was, like, yeah, that is one of the big talking points coming out of the film was, is there going to be, like, two hours and 15 minutes of deleted scenes from this film. There is so many now classic uh, trailer and teaser moments that are totally gone. There's, there's all, um, you know, Mendo's classic um, immeasurable line. Um, there is the TIE fighter coming up. There is the running in front of the AT, um, ACTs. There's the, the walk through the water. Um, there's the run through the train station. That wasn't even in there. Oh, it's oh yeah. I totally forgot yeah. about that. So everyone wow. uh, at Star Wars Celebration went, went to uh, that train station in London to reenact the running. Sorry, dog. <laughs> not in the movie. They get to reenact that deleted scene. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I did just uh, think of something, and then it's, it's already gone. Oh, yes. The, in the uh, safe haven, I just saw it today. I can't remember who posted it, but somebody uh, the running on the beach, Jen running on the beach with the the tape, the data tapes. Uh, apparently, the ending mm-hmm. changed quite a bit. I would imagine if because 
in the ending we all just saw, they didn't even they couldn't even make it out. So I imagine that the ending changed quite a bit. Oh, well, that that is uh, really confirmed, John. I mean, they did a lot of work on that ending. And I think if you look at the deleted scenes or the deleted clips, you can see that the story, you know, went quite, quite different. Uh, Another storyline that is totally missing from the movie is... Remember in one of the teasers or trailers, there was captured X-Wing pilots on Jeddah. That's it's also right. in the uh, top Star Wars card trader. There's, I think there's a card maybe of some captured X-Wing pilots. Maybe I'm misremembering that. But, but yes, I do remember that because in one trailer they had blood on them and in the other trailer they did not have as much blood on them. I remember that being a thing. Yeah, exactly. And there's that crash X-Wing on the set in the background when Chirrut's battling, but it's like, I, I it's guess just now... There. It's just there. Yeah, it just kind of shows up. <laughs> I, I saw a picture of that um, well before I should have, and I was just like, I was really like, I can't wait to find out how that X-Wing crashes. And, <laughs> well, that's what I get for getting things sent to me before I should. I just saw on uh, Twitter, uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, is projected for a $140 million opening weekend in America. They were projecting 150 Wasn't oh, that what okay. it was, 150 I can't recall. Actually, Maybe I'm making that number up. Yeah, no, I, to be honest, I don't follow the, the box office too much, but it just did pop up on my uh, Twitter feed, so I thought I'd break some news, guys. Breaking news. news. Aaron, what was your highlight? Oh, man. I, it's very hard, but holy crap, space battles. Yeah. Holy crap. And, I mean, and, but then, then I remember that Vader ignited the red and really wrecked some dudes. So, oh, man, it's really hard. And just, and one thing that I have to say, just, just while I'm thinking about it, I was a little bummed with uh, with the way Mendo was taken out by Cassian's shot, but the him looking up and seeing what he'd worked so hard on, uh, it was just beautiful, I thought. Looking up and seeing that fire, seeing it fire on the ground, I just thought it was a very beautiful moment. I read Catalyst, and I thought it added so much to this movie, having seen that, and seeing the just the look on Krennic's face and knowing so much backstory from Catalyst. I just, I I think that at least the elements that were in Catalyst were executed perfectly in Rogue One. We got to see their ending perfectly, I think. So Aaron, you would, um, I have not finished Catalyst and to be honest, I'm only a few chapters in. I'm, uh, I've got, I've got content commitments to, to keep up. Uh, would you say that that was like a, a quite a worthwhile sort of uh, investment of time before seeing the film? Absolutely. I think it's... I haven't done a lot of Star Wars reading, but I think it's the most essential Star Wars reading as far as how it relates directly to a film. I think it's the best, some of the best out there for sure. I completely And I definitely recommended. definitely recommended for people who have not read it yet. I... I'm so glad I read it before I went in to see the movie. 
Very cool. I, I must say, I've seen the movie twice, and the second time, not that I didn't enjoy the first time, I loved it, but the second time, it might be also because I didn't have the pressure of organising all these events before and after the uh, movie, but I did, like, it went a lot faster and flowed a lot better, and I, I, I really enjoyed it a lot more the second time. Again, that might be because I was um, had a lot of tension from organising events. But I do remember when the first screening, when Vader did um, turn on the lightsaber in my head, it just popped up, hashtag Ignite the Red. I was... Hey, Aaron, we've got a ton of callers coming in. We're going to be doing call-in shows all through the week with an assortment of awesome guests. So I will put you back on hold, but thanks so much for calling in, man. Awesome, awesome. Hey, Haas, Steele, you yeah, guys buddy. take it easy. We'll talk to you soon. No, right, buddy, take, we'll it, take it easy. Yeah, yeah. And let's go to 732. Who are you and where are you calling from? Hi, my name is Michael. I'm from Connecticut. Hey, Michael from Connecticut. What's going on, man? Not much. Uh, big fan of Steel Wars, Blue Harvest, and uh, Rogue One. Nice. Uh, podcast for wieners. <laughs> <laughs> and my question is for Hawes. Okay. I'm actually nervous. Um, what is, uh, what's it like working with Johnny Grasso? Like, and I guess, Steel, you can answer this too because you didn't make oh a pod. Like, what's he really like? Johnny. Is he really? Buddy. Buddy. We know it's you, man. <laughs> I'll put him back on hold as punishment. Uh, four oh eight. Who are you and where are you calling from? Hey, this is uh Paul. I'm from San Jose, California. How you guys doing? Hey Paul from San Good. Jose, we're awesome. Uh what's on your mind on this uh Rogue One post week? Well, I was especially happy to hear you guys' uh, reactions, especially Steele. You were nice enough to do my podcast at LA Podcast, so that was cool. Uh, oh, I hey! I didn't realize it was this cool. How you doing, man? Doing all right, man. Um, happy to see another Star Wars movie. Uh, most of the cameos I really enjoyed, except for Ponda Baba and Cornelius. <laughs> yeah, that one kind of, I won't say it bothered me, but it's the one that I felt was the most out of place. If you know what I mean, like, and once again, Ponda Baba's head was huge, right? In comparison, <laughs> yeah. Like some about the makeup effect just made him look like he had a giant head this time. Well, I'm just wondering. I know nobody in Star Wars likes to hear the odds, but what are the odds of the same guy bumping into the woman who steals the Death Star plans, and then like what a couple weeks later, he, you know, bumps into the guy who ends up destroying the Death Star. I think, Hawes, that a lot of the cameos were, were great. Uh, I enjoyed um, C-3PO and R2-D2 getting a, a mid-film cameo rather than an end-of-the-film cameo. Really? Uh, I, yeah. I, I, I was worried that the end of this film was going to get a bit Revenge of the City with, we've got to link this all up really quick. You know, like... Right. You know, Revenge of the Sith sort of, I, I think, in the last five minutes suffers a bit of a uh, quick, let's make all the connections now. Go. Um, right, right. You go here. I'll go there. So I like the mid-film little surprise of um, seeing R2-D2 and C-3PO. The, the Ponda Barber 
and and Dr. Everson, that is the 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 bad side of of fan service. I think I I think it, I think Paul's got a great point that these guys are are really in in the the heart of all these major events for the rebellion, and they don't even know it. I just added nothing. It like it. Yeah. Besides, it, the only thing it added was people going, "Oh, it's like oh, those sorts of guys from A New Hope," or or whatever, and. Oh, no, every other one seemed pretty cool to me. The ones that I thought were the most interesting, you know, not necessarily major characters, were Gold Leader and Red Leader, because I'm pretty sure they just took that footage straight from A New Hope and reused it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that that's my assumption, because he definitely, he sort of, you know, this is how many times I've seen the bloody film. When he goes to... He adjusts something, and I recognized him adjusting it. Like, yes. it, it was in yes. my memory. But brilliant. So yes. Perfect. good. For some weird reason, that may have given me one of the biggest thrills of the film. I, I, I was definitely, as I talked about in the call, I mean, on the uh, reaction show, when, when um, the Blue Squadron went in, I was just like, oh. Rip Blue Squadron. squadron. <laughs> they're, they're in a bit of trouble. Of, of course, they, they were meant to be on on Yavin, but um, in real world life of Star Wars, they couldn't make the blue X-wing like it affected the blue screen effects, so they went with red right. instead of blue. Yeah, the the, the, the pilot cameos were awesome. I, I think like we have to be as a fan base critical when it deserves it, and I I, I actually think for the future of Star Wars, the way they jump about timeline should be critical of, of the Donabarba cameo because that's what we need none of going into the future. Like goofy like Easter egg cameos that don't amount to anything like to the film and also integrity of the timeline. Yeah, the, the timeline stuff is what sort of gets under my skin more so than the just the cameo for the sake of a cameo because at the end of the day, that doesn't really bother me. But the fact that they were there on Jeddah and just a few days later on Tatooine, it's just too interconnected. You know what I mean? Mm. And it just doesn't really fit well for me, if you know what I mean. Any other thoughts, Paul? I want to say that the uh, CGI recreations of Tarkin and Leia, I think if it was the first time we've seen this technology... We might, I might have been a little bit more like, this doesn't look real. But because we've seen it done so poorly before, I was just more impressed on how all in they went on it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I will make fun of giant-headed Leia and her, um, like, mile-wide cheeks. But it was amazing. Tarkin, I was blown away by. Leia was a little bit, you know, a little bit weird, but an amazing achievement. And, and very gutsy. Very gutsy, especially for the Tarkin thing, to plan your film. Like, he was a major character in the film. <laughs> no, it wasn't yeah. just a cameo. I, like, I think he had as much screen time as Krennic, probably. Did he have more Ooh. screen time in this or the original Star Wars? I think maybe this, to be completely honest. No. You don't think so? No, he was in a lot of scenes. And, and Krennic yeah. definitely was in more scenes than Tarkin because... Pretty much all Tarkin scenes were with Krennic. So then, yeah, yeah, that's true. What was your highlight? Um, my highlight for me, of course, is the the last scene with Vader. I think is just how do you even compare that to anything? 
<laughs> it was something. Hey, Paul, uh, it was great to talk to you. Tell everyone what your podcast is and where they can find it. Oh, it's uh, The Screen Watchers Guild. It's a podcast about movies, thescreenwatchersguild.com. And what episode am I on, if you happen to remember that you maybe don't? Oh, shoot. I don't know. If you go on the website, you could just select the interviews tab, and then you'll be on there. We had an awesome chat about Star Wars, so uh, if you need some extra listen, check that out. All right, thanks for the show, man. It's awesome. For super sweet Star Wars tribute t-shirts that will turn heads and get laughs wherever you wear them, hit the SteelWars.com merch store. We have got fresh from the screen printers because these bad boys are screen printed, not digitally applied, so they will last you for years to come. The new Mendo t-shirt in honor of director Krennic. Ben Mendelsohn, it displays Mendo's sweet white cape and immeasurable power. Along with that, we have got the now classic Your Snoke Theory Sucks t-shirt and stickers, as well as Luke Skywalker Have You Seen Him t-shirt and stickers, Wear Home t-shirts, and the wrestling referenced Lucas1138. Plus, over the next couple of weeks, I'll be putting up some very rare one-off or two-off items on the merch store. So please go click SteelWars.com. And as an extra bonus this month, when you hit buy it now, you will get an immediate download of Jason Ward and my new supporter exclusive show, Making Steel Wars, one of the most insightful hour pluses of Star Wars chat you'll find on the internet. There! I said it! All Steel Wars tees are printed on the highest quality AAA all-style apparel tube cut blanks. Meaning you will enjoy these tees for conventions and movie premieres to come. SteelWars.com All right, we have got a ton of calls, so let's uh, lay in to 714. Who are you and where are you calling from? Hey, guys, it's me. What's up? Oh, what's up, buddy? Hey, how you guys doing, man? It's my two bros. My two f***ing <laughs> tutus bros. It's uh, Sal from uh, the Rogue Rebels. Um, <laughs> I, I should just point out, Johnny Grasso's on hold. I'm just going to save him till the end. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And do what you got to do. Possib- and, and, and possibly edit out his call, because... <laughs> what a goose. He, he did uh, tell me that he hey, really does have a question, though. I just wanted to ask you guys real quick, like, what do you, like, how, how you feel in that space battle, bro? I think, personally, it's it's up there for me. Like, last night after, after the movie, I was telling my friends that went uh, with me, like, I think it may be my favorite space battle in the Star Wars yet. Uh, I need to okay. see it again to decide for sure, but, man, that scene where uh, they caused the Imperial Fender Bender with the, yeah. uh, the Hammerhead Cruiser. Awesome. And then the scene where they're all trying to escape and Darth Vader's Star Destroyer warps in yeah. and starts wrecking Devastator house. Vader just, like, puts a stop to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Darth Vader is, like, the ultimate reinforcement, dude. I found that the, the Star Destroyer hyperspacing in so weird because... We've seen that happen in Rebels so many times. And right. it was just like, 
oh my god, there's a inverted commas real life version. Yeah, right. like and it was. It's almost it was, the it exact so, same shot too. Yeah, it was so cool to see it. You know, ILM style. Those Hammerhead Corvettes, like it's so you know full credit. It's very cool that they were set up in Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, right, really right. cool. Did you guys get any of the uh, Rebels references? Like besides those ships, did you guys see the yeah. ghost and all that kind of stuff? I was going to ask I'm, you, Sal, like, uh, how did you feel about all that being such a big Rebels guy? Like, um, also, am, am I crazy? I, I swear I saw Chopper. Chopper's in it, dude. He is, so I'm not I, crazy. I didn't catch him. They, I've been looking for him. I've seen it twice. I still didn't see Chopper, but I heard him. Like, on the shot where I was, like, looking, looking, looking for him, uh, <laughs> I didn't find him. But then I heard, like, the, I heard wah, 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 and I was like, fuck, son of a bitch. Like, he's in that shot. Like, but the shot, you know, I missed it. It's towards the end when they send the transmission to the rebel base and Mon Moth, the, uh, the r- uh, radio operator goes to tell Mon Moth yeah, about yeah. it. He's like over to the left hand of the screen and he's like rolling and he goes off screen. All right. Uh, so have you seen him or have you just read that whole? No, I saw it last night and I said yeah. something to my fiance, Jesse, because she's a big Rebels fan. She watches Rebels with me every weekend. And I was like, I, I swear I just saw Chopper, and she didn't see it, and <laughs> nobody else I went with saw it. And then, uh-huh. so I thought I was crazy. Like, I thought maybe I was just seeing things. Uh, Chopper's there. Did you guys hear the, like, General Sindula <laughs> report to blah, 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 blah? Yes. Did you guys hear that one? That one was pretty cool. I didn't, but I, I read, uh, like, I've, I sort of read so the next time I'd know. I saw the ghost. And that was on the second viewing. The first viewing, I don't know how any of you guys saw stuff like that on the first viewing, but I had to really concentrate to see because there's so much stuff going on. Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah, so you've got the Sindula thing that's just towards the end of the meeting. Is that right? It's basically like when she walks out and she's like, well, the council sucks. Like, yeah, right before like, they yeah. leave for Scarif. Yeah, yeah. I, so I, and I, I thought it was somewhere else. So I wasn't looking for it there. Like they were like, oh, there's a call out. There's a call out. And I thought it was going to be in the battle somewhere where everybody's like, you know, blue three going in. I thought it was going to be later, but it's right there. And it's like loud as there's no interruption, no space battling going on. So I was like, oh, there it is. I, I think the reason I didn't see Chopper was I found that scene where he runs out and they sort of go, don't talk to her. Sort of weird. For some reason. I was just <laughs> like, it just seems they were way too defensive of her. Like all of a sudden they turn into Justin Bieber's security um, force or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> but uh, next time I'll have to ignore that weirdness see a bit of chop chop what about this Sal we've got this cartoon that they've, they've been making and, and planning for, for years now and mm-hmm. it's so cool we got all these I, I appreciate that there was references but they weren't too um, I think I'm going to create a new term they weren't too ponderbarbered they were, they were nice and white <laughs> So there you go. Yeah. I've coined that Star Wars fandom. Thank me. Yeah. If you want to whack a hashtag, hashtag everybody. Ponder Barbed. I'll, I'll use it in a sentence real quick. Johnny's yeah. on hold waiting to ponder Bobbin his way into this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Excellent use of the phrase. Thank you. <laughs> we just had the mid-season finale of Rebels. And instead mm-hmm. of where I think a lot of us thought it was going to go lead up to Rogue One... Instead, we're still dwelling on things from the Phantom Menace. We're about to maybe revisit, right? You know that. Like, how do you feel about that? 
Um, I, I, I agree that like, it would have been really badass to like, if the things would have coincided perfectly, but I also feel that like, I mean, what's to say season four or season five, like we don't get there. You know what I mean? Like we're only like two years out from this approximately two years out the last, you know, like we're still kind of dealing with Thrawn. Um, well, who's to say like the next season, they don't find their way off of chopper base or, or maybe they still have chopper base and they're like, you know, they've already mentioned Dodona and the Y wings, you know, I, I think it, I think it's going to be really awesome. You know, if, and when we do get the crossover a year out or so. Yeah. I wish it, I, I agree with you. Like, I wish it would have been like right now. Cause that would have been cool. But I also think like, you know, I kind of agree with like the Filoni thing where he's like, dude, I don't want to take anybody's fire out of their hat. Like how, you know, we would have went into the season, mid season finale and seen this like giant space battle. And then we go to see a movie and like the last third of the movie, we're like, Oh yeah, we know what happens. You know what I mean? Like, so I do kind of get that too. I just thought it would have been amazing if they had have at least gotten to, uh, not, I don't want to see the battle on rebel. Right. Right. But- you know, I, I, I'm not sure if Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. does this, but I think it tried to do it once. But, like, you sort of get, you know, it's like the story yeah. goes up, up to uh, Rogue One, then you've got the mid-season break, and then afterwards it's the aftermath of, of Rogue One. You know, that, right. like, that takes a lot of discipline and, and coordination, but it, it would have been yeah. uh, pretty amazing. And that, that, and that said, I love the references. I thought they were very, kind of, for me, the maximum I wanted it to be intertwined because right, right. I, like, like the real heavy-handed Pondababa references, like just for the sake of it, it it's sort of mm-hmm. like, like, look, guys, look. So I, I appreciate mm-hmm. you. Uh, White House. <laughs> hey, I must say, hey, he said the Dave, same thing. Remember when he said that? <laughs> <laughs> so I must say, Dave Filoni must have been just in shock at the end of Rogue One that it's just like, oh, my God, they killed characters. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, not, man. Just a, not just a couple. I want to see what happens because I, I, I have, I think we could see, we could still see this. You know, I'm with you still. I, w- I wish it would have happened like right now, you know, and everything was like lined up. But I still think there's a strong possibility the future of Rebels that we get nice, like we get to see the other side. We get to see the lead up to this from their side and we get to see possibly like, you know, the same space battle, but starring Hera, General Sindula or whatever. You know what I mean? Like. I, I think they have to do it. Now that, that you've laid it out that, you know, she makes it to Yavin, the storyline has to go to her meeting up with, you know, going to Yavin. Whether they, sh- what they show from Rogue One or whatever. Like, I kind of think they have to, which, what, that, this poses the other question, what's happening with Kanan and Ezra by then? Yeah. Well, something that I think is pretty interesting. Dead. I actually saw... <laughs> I saw... Um, <laughs> Charlie from the Star Wars Podcast Alliance post something today that was pretty interesting. I believe it's from one of the source books, and it's got like a timeline of the big events in Saul Guerrero's life. And it says two years before Rogue One, he leads a mission to investigate Geonosis. The next Mm. episode of Rebels is called Ghosts of Geonosis. See, that already is like making the hairs stand up on my arms. I, so, I, like, I have to admit, dope. I got pretty excited. I, I might have some light goosebumps off that. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's pretty sweet. If that goes down with um, Geonosis with Saw Gerrera, then I'd tip my hat 
to yeah. um, the, the godlike entity that is the Star Wars story group. <laughs> and one other um, thing, dude, like if, if that's on a yeah. timeline somewhere, that, how, it can't be that far out, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, and I mean, in Rebels currently, we're what? Uh, we're about two years from Rogue One, yeah, right? Yeah, about two years, dude. Yep. It seems like it lines up, and, and when you put that with the uh, title of the next episode, like, oh, no, I'm trying not to get my hopes up too much because I don't want to be disappointed, but it sounds like it could right, be right. pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Well, Hell I guess yeah. I'll ponda bobbin my way out of here. Sal's <laughs> got the death sentence on 12 podcasts. <laughs> I will if I keep talking. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've got the death sentence on at least one. Oh yeah, you're on fire this week, brother. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for calling in, Sal, right. and um, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you had an awesome time at the premiere. We're going to talk about the premiere, so I'll have to get you on a call-in show and and we'll chat. Yeah, for sure, dude. You know, you know where to get at me. I sure do. Thank you, Sal Perales from the Rogue Rebels, and you can hear him weekly on Making Star Wars' Now This Is Podcasting. And they just put up a uh, two-and-a-half-hour roundtable reaction on the Making Star Wars Podcast Network, so check that out. Um, Here's the deal. There's about four minutes to go, and we've got about three people left in hold. Stay on hold because we will take your calls and it will go into the supporter bonus show. That is uh, for a little uh, couple of bucks a month. You can listen to all the bonus features. And one that's getting a lot of talk at the moment is a new show that I'm doing on the supporter page called Making Steel Wars. And that is with Jason Ward from MakingStarWars.net. And we, the first episode, we go very deep into the, the behind-the-scenes politics and strategy of um, doing a, uh, a Star Wars site that goes behind the scenes. And uh, exactly. people found it. Oh, you've heard that one, Horace? Yes, sir. Let's go to, we've got a Skype call. Um, if you are on Skype, this could well be you. This is me, Skype Darren Lutchner. Oh, Hello. Darren Lutchner from me. Melbourne, Australia. Absolutely. Firstly, it was a brilliant night the other night. The premiere was great. Um, the discussion, as probably people can tell from the podcast, the reaction podcast, is a little bit different than what we're having today um, <laughs> from that one. So uh, <laughs> it's good to be able to, uh, to, to, to have a different type of discussion. They're both very good. But question for you guys. Um, so The Force Awakens and Rogue One, uh, is this a theme? The ending is a little bit of a theme? Uh, looking at uh, a main character and ending there. Uh, obviously, this one uh, Leia talked, but uh, is that? Do you think that's a bit of a theme coming up with the endings of films now? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, the we got a, a couple seconds of Luke at the end of The Force Awakens, and then a little bit of Leia at the end. Hmm. I think like the end of the TFA fitted in with the. Um, the traditional Star Wars saga uh, trope of no one talks for the last two minutes of the film and it ends with a, like a, a grand shot, which was the um, slightly un-Star Wars helicopter shot. I think you might have your um, tinfoil hat on a little bit there, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I, I must maybe there's a, a theme here because I'm I'm having a little disagreement um, with you guys for this one. I I was not overly thrilled with the Tarkin um, bit either. So um, I, I, for the Ooh. first time, I think I'm getting a little bit of a disagreement with uh, with people around here. The movie was great. Don't what? get me wrong, but uh, I think that that just and I posted that on the Steel Wars um, safe haven, but. Uh, I found that was a bit grating for me. I'm just going to put you on hold for two secs, Darren. We'll get you in the bonus section. We'll continue this discussion about Tarkin. Uh, Hawes, you can be heard on the Blue Harvest pod and Rogue One, a podcast for winners. Thank you so much for co-hosting, and we will go into the supporter section, man. Well, thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm going to keep having you. We've just got to well, yeah. hear some theme right. music. <laughs> We are in the bonus section for supporters. We've got Darren back on the line, and you are thumbs down to Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah, I just, when I saw him... Want great pay and lots of perks? Get a $1,500 sign-on bonus when you join the Verizon retail team in the San Francisco Bay Area now. Help connect customers with the perfect products every time. Apply at verizon.com slash retail jobs. Verizon is an equal opportunity employer. 